All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to Oilers Nation After Dark. Connor Halley with you here as we are going to recap the Oilers 6-3 win over the Winnipeg Jets. It was a fun one for Oil Country tonight, especially if you're down at that game. You had it all. You had goals. You had chippiness. You had uh, everything you would have needed. Overpriced drinks. All the good stuff down there tonight. Fun game for the Edmonton Oilers. A big win. Uh, tonight on the program, we will be joined by Liam and Cam. Also, producer Aaron Bergato will be by in a second. In case I didn't mention it, I'm Connor Halley. Thank you for tuning in. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button. If you're on Facebook, do the same. Uh, make sure you tell a friend we do this. Help spread the word. We want to keep this program growing. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. It will keep it going. Uh, before we get to the good, the bad, the oily, as we typically do, brought to you by cornerstone insurance we'll give you a quick rundown of exactly what happened in this game in case you missed it i'll try to make it quick a lot of goals in this one uh, leon dry settle on the power play got things going in the first period nugent hopkins connor mcdavid with the helpers uh good play by evan bouchard on the power play he's no tyson berry but he made a good play to keep the puck in it would lead to a goal for the edmonton oilers uh in the second period the oilers exploding ryan nugent hopkins with his 29th goal of the season that's a new career high kind of a weird play ian demello with a little give and go uh connor hellebuck probably wondering what his d-man is doing ends up in the back of the net finally Kyle Yamamoto 
He's continuing. I said last post game, he's streaky. He had a goal last game. He had another one tonight. Actually, he had two consecutive back-to-back. The first one coming from an outstanding back check by Ryan Nugent Hopkins, getting back to break up a two-on-one, getting it back up to Kyler Yamamoto. He breaks it on the breakaway, beats Connor Hellebuck. And then a couple minutes later, he would score once again, just kind of mayhem in front of the net. And Kyler Yamamoto being in the right place, the right time, buries it. The Edmonton Oilers up 4-0 in the third period. Ryan Nugent Hopkins would get his second of the game. That makes it a four-point night for Nuge. Two goals, two assists. He fights. He's It's really good. Like I said on Twitter, when your enforcer chips in offensively, it goes a long way for a hockey team. And the Edmonton Oilers is uh, Loving, loving what Ryan Nugent Hopkins is doing right now. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets would score a couple, and Leon Dreisaitl would score an absolute beauty, which we are going to show you later on in the show. But uh, a lot of action in this one, and the best part about it has to be that tomorrow, these two teams meeting once again in Winnipeg. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Tempers were flaring at the end there. It got a little bit chippy, and it's going to be awesome. Maybe a, a good thing that the NHL, Looks to do this a little more often. Have some home and home. Have games where they play twice in a row. It builds animosity. It builds rivalries. And it should be a fun one tomorrow when these two teams meet again. Uh, Right now, uh, we will bring in guest number one, Liam, for the good, the bad, the oily, brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokerage with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use the discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers is ranked amongst the best in Alberta. Check them out on social media on Twitter at cornerstoneins8 and on Instagram at cornerstoneyeg. Liam, good evening. Uh, I love the banana on the cupboard behind you there. Were there any stress bananas tonight towards the end of that game? Were you, were you a little bit nervous so that the Jets might come back? <laughs> well, I actually had an unfortunate experience today with some bananas. I found out my mom puts bananas in the fridge, so I was unable to have any during the game. It was it was a difficult time at, at the Harbin house, but we managed to pull through. The Oilers made it a little bit stressful towards the end of the game, but they came out on top, so it was a relatively stress-free night for, for everyone tonight, which was nice to see. Yeah, I actually I, I tweeted out like assuming things don't go horrible should be a fun post game show with Oilers after dark and people were like getting mad at me like delete this tweet. Uh, the Jets made it a little more interesting, but I had faith that the Oilers would keep it going. Uh, the good, the bad, the oily as per usual, we will get to the good and the good tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Yamo's back and I'll, I'll go back to the game against uh, Boston on Monday and we did this show and Kyler Yamamoto was taking a lot of heat and I, I was okay with people giving him heat for the penalty but not missing opportunities because in my mind, you know, it's, it's good that he's getting these opportunities. He's starting to go to the right places and get these chances. He had the goal against the Leafs tonight, two goals. He's been a streaky player in his career and tonight he had the touch. Yeah. That's kind of what Yamamoto is, right? Like you said, he's streaky. He'll go on these streaks where he doesn't score for 10 games and he'll get one more. He scores for 10 games straight. It's just kind of what you get for him. And I, I understand it. Like I think, that one season, I believe it was his rookie season, right? Where he kind of showed off what he could really do. And I think everyone just kind of sees that is what they want. And of course, he's a, he's a technically a top six winger for this team. So you want to see him produce a little bit more. But I was never really on the boat of trading him just because he was missing those opportunities. Like if you can upgrade the position, sure. Like I think Yamamoto is a player that's available. But 
He's also the guy that's going to go balls to the wall for you every single night. Like, look at the positions he's missing from. Like, he's right there next to the defenseman, right? So it's just kind of mm-hmm. something that uh, – I'm sorry, the goaltender. Yeah, he's, he's in those positions. And, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of Yamamoto and everything he does. And I'm, I'm glad he's getting rewarded for, for his efforts now. 100%. Got to stay healthy. That's that's the thing with him, of course, the issues he's had with the, the upper body, the neck, one thing to watch out for. But yeah, I mean, you know what you're going to get. The effort level is always going to be there from Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, the results might not be, but he's not going to be uh, an easy guy to go up against, especially when he's really on. Uh, with the good comes the bad, and we have to get to the bad. Of course, uh, for a little while there, we had high hopes for the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe this was the night Stuart Skinner gets the shutout. Uh, somebody must have mentioned the word shutout in their living room it gets broken but uh 294 days without a shutout that's going back to the regular season we know there were a couple in the postseason last year but you know they just can't find a way to get it done liam yeah i guess the last one in the regular season would have been that san jose sharks game where skinner got the shutout and then was sent down to bakersfield the next day i believe that was probably the game but yeah i guess technically the last one for the others would have been that that game seven performance with mike smith where he almost snatched Snatched a goal as well in that one. I was at that game. It was it was phenomenal to be at just any game seven, you know. But yeah, I mean, at, at the end of it, I'm, I'm glad they at least got three and it just wasn't the one, I guess you could say, that kind of broke it all. But man, eventually it's got to break. And hopefully, you know, if they don't want, get one in the regular season, maybe they'll get some luck in the postseason in a big game like they did a couple of times in the first round against the Kings last year. But our goalies are capable of doing it. I think it's just... Maybe a little bit more team effort in front of them on some plays. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, a shout out to uh, the goalie gets the stat, but I mean, it's it's a it's a, a five man, effort. whoever's out there, team effort. Hundred percent, you got to break down, and uh, it just did not happen. Um, yeah, Cindy on Facebook saying someone texted the words "shout out to me." It was doomed. So, so someone, someone out there clearly jinxed the Edmonton Oilers. It just was not meant to be. But at some point, uh, hey, maybe Jack Campbell against his old team in Toronto. Yeah. Maybe it'll happen then. Uh, with the nation, the nation vacation too. Yeah, the nation yeah, vacation. AM, AMA travel. Check them out. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's get to the oily here, and I think. Uh, I think this one, as of late, it could be used quite often. Nuge, he is absolutely crushing it right now. Two goals, two assists. Uh, we know he had the fight last game, but, you know, he, he's doing everything. And the one thing we have to bring up, and I, I touched on it on the scoring summary here, and we've used it as our oily the last two games, uh, Aaron, our producer. <laughs> so it was easy for him. Just keep the graphic exact same. But, you know, on that goal by Kyler Yamamoto, his first Ryan Nugent Hopkins, fantastic defense, mm-hmm. getting back on a two-on-one to break it up, and then you know eventually getting it up to Kyler Yamamoto. Like that's just what makes Nugent Hopkins so effective for this hockey team, and especially this year when he's putting up the points that he usually, uh, well, he hasn't before. I mean, he's at a career high, and he's still got twenty more games left in the season. Like the little things, getting back to break up a two-on-one, and then finding a way to immediately turn it into an offensive opportunity. Uh, that's just what makes this guy so special this year for this team. Yeah, and it just shows the level of confidence he's playing at as well to, to make such quick plays like that. You know, your instincts immediately, okay, I got to get back on defense. And then most guys might even just dump the puck the other end or not be looking out for that opportunity. But he's just been playing so, so well. And I think it's it's so great to see out of all the Oilers you know, that's the, that's the one we want. I think every fan is just just rooting for every single night is Ryan Nugent Hopkins to get something done. And this season, it, it's been fantastic to to see the success he's had. And I, I'm very happy. I'm happy for him. 
and I'm mostly happy for Bag Milk because I know he is a uh, he's excited for what his boy New just has done this season too. And I, I think that goal he scored, the first one was set the career high, right? Yes, yeah, yes. that was the career high, 29th, and then the 30th, just adding to it on his 29th birthday. I mean, not too many guys doing that. Someone tweeted at me like. Not too many guys signed their big contract and then set career highs. So, yeah. Eugene Hawkins, he knew what he had to do. He had to live up to that contract. He's done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very quickly, uh, Stuart Skinner on the night, 24 saves on 27 shots. Uh, big save, Dave, 6 for 8. And Connor Hellebuck, 20 of 24. Uh, when Hellebuck didn't come out after the second intermission, I think it was probably pretty well known. They're going to rest him up and let him get the start again tomorrow uh, on the blue line. And... It's funny because you look at this, Evan Bouchard, nine minutes of power play time, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, nine, Nuge, nine. Like a lot of the the Oilers star players uh, picking up a lot of minutes on the power play. That'll happen when you have nine of them. Uh, The Oilers went two for nine on the evening. And uh, that leads me where I want to go next. And we have to bring in Cam, uh, of course, because, uh, you know, for the good, the bad, the oily, we just don't want to mess up our our setup. We bring in Cam. Cam, good evening. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for hopping on this evening. Now, the one thing I want to get to here with you, Matias Echo, three or plus three on the night, steady as one can be. Uh, minute four on the power play, minute 34 shorthanded. I, I, I love watching this guy. He's just so calm. He does everything so correctly. And it's been a short sample size, I know. Uh, but Cam, what have you made of the play of Matias Echo so far? I made a joke on the Oilers Nation Twitter account during Matthias Ekholm's debut the other day. It was kind of like Ekholm looks like a mix of Oscar Clefbaum and Adam Larson as one player. You have Clefbaum's fantastic passing and that instinct, and then also Larson's ability to just crush guys out of the crease in front of the net and play hard along the boards. And it got me thinking in this game, I was kind of wondering, when was the last time the Oilers had a D-man like this? I, I truly don't know. It's It's been pretty incredible to watch Matthias Ekholm just step in, and he hasn't even practiced with the team yet, really. He hasn't gotten to know anyone, mm-hmm. talked to the coaches, figured out the systems. He's just stepped in and is playing 20 minutes a night of push the puck in the right direction hockey. It's it's truly incredible. I'll, I'll ask you this question, uh, both of you, Cam. When was the last time the Oilers had a defenseman of his capabilities? Well, you look at what Ekholm brings and you see a D-man who can, like I said, clear the front of the net. He's physical, he's tough, he's mean, he's intimidating, but he can also make a fantastic first pass. And you kind of wonder, is this the best D-man the Oilers have had all things combined since Chris Pronger? And, you know, they've had a whole bunch of, they had a handful of good defensemen here throughout the past. Like I mentioned, Kleppbaum and Larson, they had the two different skill sets, but it's almost like you're adding both of them into one player. Liam, yeah. what do you think? Is that a hot take there? I think he's right. Like when, like not to overhype Ekholm and put extra pressure on him, I guess, but it, it's true. <laughs> like I can't think of any, I've been an Oilers fan since, since 2010, since I moved here. And I can't think of one defenseman that's kind of been just this whole package. Like, is it fair to say probably the closest is probably nurse, which is, he's not really that close either, but he's probably the only one with the offensive ability. And also the one who can like, play solid defense too. And we've seen him play all these minutes nurse over the time, but he's the only one I can really think that's that close. Uh, fitting here. And we've got a clip, uh, a simple play of Ekholm breaking up the rush. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I look at his game and I, 
what like what's his weakness? I don't know what his weakness is. Like, yeah, he he's got some offensive upside. He's got some power play time. Um, geez, his size, six foot four, the reach that he has, and the ability to break up plays, getting a stick into shooting lanes. Nice to see uh, a veteran presence. Like, there's not too many downsides about his game when you look at it. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think um, this was mentioned on Twitter. Uh, people were talking about who's the best D-man the Oilers had since Pronger. And I think the one name that kind of steps out maybe as the closest would be Sheldon Surrey. He had that fantastic 2008-9 season where he puts up 53 points and logs like 22, 23 minutes per night. But you just see Eckholm and how mobile he is in the defensive zone. He looks like a rock in front of the net, but he moves like someone who's not a rock. And it's just been so long since the Oilers had a D-man like this. It's fantastic that they went ahead and found him in the middle of the season if you had asked me a month ago hey would you have been able to fulfill both needs someone who's difficult to play against in the defensive zone plus makes a good first pass truly one month ago i have no idea what i would have said i'd be shocked if they filled this need yeah i think definitely it's interesting too when you look through obviously the the eastern conference was absolutely nuts throughout this trade deadline period. But when you look at the West, like you can make the argument, and it's probably not even an argument. It feels like a fact. Like Ekholm was the best player acquired by a team in the Western Conference. And what's the second closest? Probably Gavrikov, maybe. Maybe someone like that. I don't know, like a Domi or something. Like I don't think there's anyone in the class of what the Oilers were able to get at the deadline with with Ekholm. So I'm really excited to kind of have him around. And like you said, Cam, like he's not even practiced with the team yet. He's he's already had a gut influence on the young guys. Oh, there was reports today that he was basically house hunting and then went for lunch with Philip Broberg. Like that's kind of what you want to see already, right? Like he's just stepping in and playing that veteran role and. Those have three, they have a very young defensive core considering they have Nurse, CC, and Kulak. They also have Dehane, Broberg, and Bouchard, who are all basically rookies in their own right. So yeah, I think he's just going to be such an important part of this team uh, from now until whenever the other season is done, hopefully lifting Lord Stanley. I will say, I mean, I, I heard people talking about how the, you know, what it could mean to Philip Roberg. And I was a little skeptical because I thought like, you know, yeah, any good defenseman should have a good impact on a young player. So I asked someone I know who plays in the NHL or played in the NHL, Jason Strudwick, who I work with uh, on the Gregor show. And he's like, no, having someone from your own country, it does matter. So if he says it, I, I'm totally on board. Uh, just someone he can relate to, talk to, uh, have those conversations, maybe, you know, related to back home. So that, that does play definitely a role. Uh, I want to get to the highlight here of Nugent Hopkins, getting back on that two-on-one. And then, you know, it took a second, but he eventually springs Kyler Yamamoto. Um, just like, I don't know. I don't know if that's what people would call hockey porn, but that to me just gets back, <laughs> breaks it up, and then finds his guy. Beautiful finish from Kyler Yamamoto. That's not easy on Connor Hellebuck, a big goalie to, you know, deke him out of his shorts and then go backhand on him. But like, I, I absolutely love, like, right here when Nuge realizes it, gets on his horse and breaks it up. Uh, Liam, that's just the stuff you love to see. Yeah. And he's just, he's a good, reliable player at all ends of the ice. And that's why he's such an important part of this team. And it was interesting in the playoffs last year, they tried to play him in kind of that third line role. And it seemed to like reduce what Nugent Hopkins can actually bring to the team. But I find now that it doesn't even matter. He's just playing at such a high level because of what he's been able to do all season. I think you can put him in any situation and he'll be able to succeed at the moment. What do you think, Cam? 
Yeah, I can remember all the way back in the day when the Oilers were tanking in those early hope years, 2009, 10, 11, that kind of thing, when they were drafting towards the top of the draft in 2011, and it was Nugent Hopkins, Gabriel Landeskog, Adam Larson, guys like that. Who should they pick first overall? You talked about Nugent Hopkins as being kind of this Steve Eiserman type guy who played the game with such a cerebral sense, just understanding what he was going to do where he was going to be with this wicked shot and all this great skill. And now it kind of feels like 12 years later, here we are. And Agent Hopkins has developed into this fantastic two-way player who fits the Oilers so perfectly well. He can play second line center. He can play first line left wing. It's, you know, he's scoring at a pace where he's on pace to score what, like 90 points this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been amazing to see um, so many years later that he's blossomed into this player. Yeah, it kind of seems like this is the guy they drafted, right? And there were some some slower years in between. I mean, you saw it as a rookie, the creativity that he had, the vision that he showed, and now you're starting to see it in that you know that sneaky wrist shot that he has. I I love watching, and it. it's awesome to see. Uh, we got to get to one more highlight because this goal by Leon Drysaddle, uh, not only does he put the net back on its moorings, but you know he like big save Dave here, like. <laughs> He knows what's coming. He adjusts and like dry saddle almost teases him. Like, okay, I'll still bury a top shelf. I'll put it in, you know, the two inch gap that you give me. I'll find a way to get it in there. Um, we're talking hockey for now. It sounds a little bit weird, but yes, uh, Cam, this finish by Leon dry saddle. It's, it's world-class. It's important to also note that David Riddich has not had a good time facing the Edmonton Oilers since he did that stick flip uh-huh. in yeah. the shootout. This was back in what? This is February of 2020. Like a million years ago, he flips his stick as the Oilers have lost in the shootout. Then all of a sudden, he's automatically a sieve against the Oilers forever. <laughs> like this is hilarious. This is a, this is an insane goal to watch. Like how does anybody score from that angle? Possibly, it looks like it's just going to be a shot on net. Maybe he should pass it. The goalie's obviously got it, and it just goes in. It's mind numbing to see that the 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 skill this power play has is just it's really something. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. William, this is the angle that blows my mind. Like, come on. I'm I'm still not sure how it went in. To be honest, it feels it feels like it went right through Riddich. Like it just that angle, it just doesn't make any sense how he was able to just like pick that spot and even the goal the first goal he scored of the game was basically from just like a, even maybe a little bit of a tighter angle right oh there's zach 
Hello, Zach. Got a cameo. <laughs> and but yeah, like man, this is what Drysaddle does. Is a reason he's just has a reputation of being such a good goal scorer. Because look at that stuff. Like it's it's truly magic. To be honest, like I <laughs> lose you kind of speechless. Like in the moment, I was like, I'm. I wasn't sure. I like I saw the puck in the net, but I had no idea what had happened. You see the tiny gap. I'm pretty sure there's a bigger gap bec- between the Queen and Banana Man on my shelf than what there was. In- <laughs> Well, there was on that 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 goal then, but it's just remarkable. <laughs> no, no save, Dave. Red light, Riddich. Uh, no, we got some good stuff coming in here on the chat. 164 of you. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, again, hit that like button, please. Well, I mean, we should get at least like 97 likes. I don't know where we're at right now, but let's try to get to triple digits. That would be absolutely awesome. Uh, I don't know if Aaron has the goal for okay that's pretty much it for highlights well i'll just bring it up then uh let me look through my notes uh the ryan nugent hopkins goal the fifth goal of the game nugent's 30th second of the game for him that leon dry pass i think we're just going to pump up leon dry tires here for a minute he's in the corner back to the play whips it through his legs cross ice in front of the net to mcdavid who goes back again cross ice to nugent for the finish People get mad sometimes at Leon Trysdale for trying those passes at inopportune times. Obviously, this is kind of a case where you're able to do it, but that's why. I mean, that 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 pass there, just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, the it's true, isn't it? Like, you see some of the times he does anything. What, Leon, why, why are you doing that this time? And then you see other times, and he just puts it through three legs and then right on the tape of somebody. And it's like, okay, that's why you're trying to do it every single time you go down the ice. But it's just a skill set he has. And, yeah, I agree. Like, you kind of kind of risk-reward, I suppose. You take what you get with him. But most of the time, it is quite beneficial when he, when he does that for the others. So, uh, I'll take it. I'll get frustrated with him, but when it pays off, I will get out of my seat every single time. Yeah, same thing. It's 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 a wild thing to watch when that pass when that pass happens. I mean, the other thing he does is when he does that backhand pass, it's shocking that he throws it across the ice. And I mean, we think of Leon largely as the trigger man, as the goal scorer, but it's kind of easy to forget in 2019-20. That was the year he won the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy, the year that got cut short. Uh, he led the, the league in assists that year as well. And I mean, we always think about him as the goal scorer, but he's also a fantastic playmaker as well. And that's something, I mean, I, I won't throw like a blanket statement. Not everybody forgets it, but that's that's not necessarily how we view Leon's game, but it is mm-hmm. a, a pretty significant skill set. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I think best backhand passer in the league, and I don't know if it's particularly close. There's there's some other guys in the conversation, but the things Leon can do. Uh, on Facebook, Ron says, good game, not thrilled with Bouchard on the power play. Cam, what did you think of Evan Bouchard, uh, I guess, game number two, with him being kind of the, the quarterback, air quotes, on the power play? I think it's going to take some time for the team to adjust to having a different player back there. I think he's not necessarily the power play quarterback. I do think the power play still ultimately runs through Connor McDavid, even though he's not the D man at the point, but it's a different player with a different skill set. Tyson Berry was really good at getting shots off quickly that went to the net. And he also held the line incredibly well, whereas Evan Bouchard's more of a player who his strength is his first pass 
and his very hard booming shots. Sometimes he winds up putting it into the defender's shin pads. Sometimes when it gets on net, you know, it's a fantastic shot, but it's just going to take some time. I mean, that's the reality where we're at right now is Tyson Berry's gone. So a lot of people's eyes are completely on, hey, how's Bouchard looking on the power play? I'm going to hyper analyze this. I'm going to pay a lot of attention to exactly what he's doing. And it doesn't seem perfect for what we had before, but I'd say give him 10 games and we'll see where it's at. Uh, I, I really have no concerns. Bouchard's a very good offensive defenseman. I think the power play unit in itself is strong enough that no matter how he plays, it'll be just fine. But I think we should just give it time to see how it plays out. They went two for nine, right? Tonight? I think that was a power play. Yeah, yeah. Two for nine. I mean, that's still a pretty good array, even with Bouchard back there, right? So I think with Bouchard, like Cam just said, they're just different to Tyson Berry. Bouchard wants to come in and shoot the puck as hard as he can. I think his biggest issue is is his is his side to side movements. Like he doesn't he doesn't kind of create the space for himself well enough. I've kind of found like that shot tonight with the what was it, Ealers, I think that blocked it like kind of brings it in on one step and then immediately just shoots the puck. Like I think he just needs to have like maybe a little more hesitation in a sense to when he shoots the puck is like that. Like I know it's one of his strengths and I'm sure throughout his entire career, this is kind of what he did all the way through junior, but you know, you're in, you're on a different level. Now you've got to try and bring what Barry brought. I 100% believe Evan Bouchard can do that, but I just think he's a different skill set. And like Coombe just said at the end there too, we're all just going to sit there and monitor this guy as if like, we are like, it's the end of the world. If he does something wrong, like, Give the kid a break. What is he, 22, 23? Like, he's going to give time to do it. He's a highly skilled hockey player. And with that shot, once that power play figures out how to bring him into it and utilize him to his maximum strengths, like, he's going to bang in goals on that power play. Just just you wait, everybody. Yeah, and just to go back to the little game against Toronto, the power play was one for four. So they're, well, I don't even know what, three for 13 in the last two games. I agree. I like what you said there too, though, Liam. Like, yeah, I, th- I think he's just got to uh, get that patience back that we saw last year, the ability to maybe walk the line, uh, improve his shooting lanes, figure that out. But mm-hmm. when you got McDavid, Drysettle, Nuge, and then Hyman, you can mix Kane in there. I'm not going to be too concerned about what Bouchard does uh, get the puck to those guys and i think we'll find ways to work it out here um let's look in here uh norm on facebook says really good game tonight at a sloppy 10 minutes 29 skated really well that goal was unreal tomorrow is going to be a battle uh, do you guys think that potentially maybe the nhl should look at doing this more having uh home and homes when the travel's not too far or teams playing on consecutive nights because I, I like this animosity that's starting to build uh start with you liam it just reminds me of like the bubble days, right? When, you know, you're yeah. on the Canadian division, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it does bring some good excitement to it. And I, I would like it. It's like college hockey. They just kind of go on the road for the weekend and stay at that school. So yeah, I, I do like the idea of it. I don't think it needs to be something that happens every single weekend. But like you said, if it's like relatively close travel, like Winnipeg to Edmonton, I guess that's not that close when they have to take the bus and like travel to different <laughs> airports and everything. But, but yeah, maybe, maybe, okay, I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a fun idea for sure. <laughs> what do you think, Cam? I think you like that idea. Least, yeah, at the very least, I think each team should have like a geographical rival. There should be like two or three teams where once a year you do like a back to back home and home. For the others, it'd be you know, Calgary, Vancouver, Winnipeg. For each of those teams, you have a situation where 
you host and then you go there the next night and it gets things fired up. This is a this is a fun series for the Oilers. I mean, we don't really think about the Jets as a rival, but I think the all Canadian division during mm-hmm. the pandemic season kind of started that. Like the the the, the Jets sweeping the Oilers in that playoff series seems like such a bizarre thing to wrap your head around, but you know, that that team the Oilers beat 6-3 tonight is the team that just did that and it feels like you know, we haven't seen a hell of a lot of Winnipeg since then. It'd be nice if we had more games like this where tensions flare. Because I imagine there's plenty of guys on the Oilers that were here in 2021 that think, oh man, that was an incredibly frustrating series. These guys are chippy, a little bit dirty. Like, I don't like many guys on that team. It'd be nice if we could have things like this to get things heated up. Yeah, and I, I kind of like the pushback from the Jets in the game tonight. Like, don't like the uh, the hits. Was it Logan Stanley on Derek Ryan? Don't oh, like yeah. that sort of stuff, uh, but mixing it up after the whistle, I'm a big fan of that. And, you know, we need that sort of stuff because we don't have Oilers flames for the remainder of the season. And there probably won't be a battle of Alberta in the playoffs. So kind of stupid. I, Maybe the NHL figures that one out next. I honestly, I hate the Winnipeg Jets. I do not like <laughs> the Winnipeg Jets at all. And it is solely because of that Canadian vision, division year. And the fact they somehow swept us that one season and it just it just bugs the crap out of me because like you are not better you are not four games to zero better than us in that series. And ever since then, I just want to beat the wheels off them every single time we see them. And tonight was very very satisfactory for me. And the fact they were the way they were at the end of the game, I'm excited for tomorrow because the Oilers didn't have to go and maybe fight their way out of that one. But tomorrow, I think in Winnipeg when. Logan Stanley and whatever that other guy was. I don't even know what the guy's name is. That's how irrelevant he was to the game. You cross-checked Broberg in the neck. Like tomorrow, I, I got a feeling the others are going to come out and uh, and prove to them that, yeah, we're just as tough as you think you are. Would be unbelievable to have Evander Kane in the lineup, but the way they're mm. playing, no rush for him. You want to get him healthy 100%. Uh, just quickly shout out to everyone on YouTube right now, up around 160, 165. I see Bobby, Squishy F, Tyson, Rusty. Hey, Liam, I see you in there as well. Megabird, Gavin. Hey, we know Gavin too. Rusty, Kev, Woozy, Pradinsky, Sergeant Battle, Tyson. Did I say Tyson already? We got someone it's saying Sel he's hearing us talk about evan bouchard he's like nah he sucks in the power play that's him (laughs) sell boosh sell boosh bring back dyson (laughs) hit that that like button uh guys uh we'll get to our predictions and everything here of course the oilers 6-3 victory over the winnipeg jets Uh, if you were betting tonight on betline and or betway sorry uh, and you wanted to make some money the over i know we were kind of like hesitant on the over tonight because it was skinner and hellbuck but uh that evan Oilers offense found a way to get it done. Uh, geez, you could have taken Nuge three plus points. That would have been awesome. Lots of different things you could have gone with in this game. Okay, uh, Betway, 19 plus, bet responsibly. We touched on AMA travel. Check them out. Cornerstone as well. Give all the sponsors some love. Uh, my final question for you guys before we bring in Aaron and wrap this bad boy up. Uh, Nick Bukestad, uh, the Oilers acquire him from the Arizona Coyotes. They send Kesselring the other way, who actually played tonight, made his NHL debut in Arizona. And it was kind of funny. I saw the comment section where people are saying, you know, he probably played in front of bigger crowds in the AHL because that rank is just kind of a joke. I want to grab his stats here and see how he did in his first game. But um, tomorrow in Winnipeg, Bukestad, I assume he makes his debut. 
probably Devin Shore comes out of the lineup. Uh, Cam, what are you expecting from Bukestad? And I mean, what what do you need to see from him in game one? I think for the Oilers, it's all just about adding depth. I think they added a player with a specific physical skill set. You wanted a right-handed shooting player. That's what they needed. They only have, what, three forwards that shoot right-handed. It's Yamamoto, who were nervous about his injuries. He looked great tonight, but nervous about that. And then um, Derek Ryan and Zach Hyman are the other two. So you'd like to have another right-handed shooting forward in there. He's basically like a bigger Derek Ryan. You think about what Derek Ryan accomplishes. He goes out there, kills penalties. He can win a draw. Maybe he can score. You have a bigger version of that. Someone who's a bit harder to play against. All you really want from Nick Nick is, is, is just to come in and kind of do that. Just come in, win draws, maybe pot a goal here or there. You're basically just adding depth. What do you think, Liam? Uh, game one, obviously bottom six guy, but what do you want to see from him? I, I not a lot, to be honest. And I, I honestly want him to go out there and I want to never notice him. I just want him to just have a very simple game, play kind of physically and just be like a good bottom six player that can contribute in, in positive ways on a nightly basis. Like It was like five years ago, but this is a guy that almost had 50 points in the league on a, a very offensive Florida team at the time, but he's clearly got some offensive ability in him. I I like the acquisition. I know there was a lot of people screaming because Michael Kesselring was traded like Let's not act like Michael Kesselring was going to be any kind of impactful player on this team anytime soon. Like the defenseman, the others got back in a trade too. I believe his name is Kandani. Is like actually played in the NHL. Like he could step into the lineup tomorrow and kind of feel the moment and be involved. You know, so I can I like the trade overall. And yeah, I, I guess my question for you guys too. Like, what what were your overall thoughts on on the trade deadline and everything that happened? Were you are you happy with the Oilers roster going into this last part of the season and? with the depth and everything and heading into the playoffs. I feel like it's hard to be disappointed given the addition of at home. Like you can sit there and look at the Bugstad trade and think, Oh geez. Like, you know, Michael Castlering might've had a future. He might've mm. eventually evolved into, you know, a defenseman similar to Matt Benning, a third pairing puck moving right-handed defenseman, which is great. Like that's a player you'd like to have, but you know, the Oilers needed that specific skill set. Like I mentioned, I mean, maybe that trade's not one that, gets you super excited it's kind of shrug but you look at Eckholm and you see like I said earlier in the show like how do you we, we couldn't even a month ago wrap our heads around finding a player that offers that much the team needed so badly so to me it's a significant win just because of that and I'll, I'll throw that question out to the people on the chats Facebook and YouTube uh, I'll say if you had to give Ken Holland a, a grade for his trade deadline, what would it be? How confident? So A, B, C, D, I mean, no one's going to give him an F, I wouldn't think. But I mean, I, I thought he did pretty good. I mean, I I said for me, I wanted to see them just make a move. He had to show this team, this fan base that, you know, he was going to go out there and be aggressive. And he he spent his first round pick, which he usually doesn't do. I like that move uh, for Bukestad, bringing in size. Um 47% in the faceoff circle this year, but last year he was up around 55%. So a guy who, you know, hopefully could win some big draws because we've seen the Oilers lose draws um, in crucial moments at times. I don't know if he will be counted on, but uh, some size there, uh, six foot six, not the most physical player, but I'm intrigued by it. Uh, chat right now, a lot of Bs. We got an A, a B plus, A minus, A plus if the Oilers win the cup. Well, yeah, come on, obviously. <laughs> if you win the That's cup, you bold, better give them an A plus. <laughs> No, what if they don't win the cup? What what happens then? Um, 
Yeah, B plus, B plus, B plus, B plus. So passing grade for Ken Holland at the trade deadline. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if you can go to Betway and like bet the over on penalty minutes, but I think that might be a good one because it could get chippy. Okay, it's part of the show where we bring in our producer, Aaron Bordado, the guy who keeps us all on track here. Uh, Aaron, good evening. Good to see you. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good, good. Did you get an update on the Bears game? Uh, actually, no, I haven't. Uh, I've been busy <laughs> trying to do this the whole time. Somebody let me know, did the Golden Bears Last beat the Calgary Dinos? It went to overtime. Went to overtime. Yeah. I was watching the game and then turned away and the stream stopped. So somebody I mean, Zach, Zach should know. Zach, how did he make a cameo, by the way? I expected the Golden Bears win the game. No, they lost 3-2 in overtime. They lost 3-2 in overtime, it appears. <sighs> Who scored? Did Arjun Atwal score? Who was the player? Josh Mazer. Josh Mazer. For the Dinos. He's taking... Uh, hate him already. Taking veterinary <laughs> studies at University of Calgary. Oh, that's nice. big. Oh. The Crusaders won tonight. Sure, Park Crusaders. 4 nothing win over the Drain Valley Thunder as they continue their quest for third in the AJHL's Viterra North Division. So close. He always you, brings it back to the crew. I love I was it. I going to say, well, <laughs> Liam, you got your fingerprints all over that roster, right? So... I, I like to think there's some influence on it. So if they can push for third, they've got big game tomorrow against Spruce Grove, seven o'clock after the Oilers game in Show Park. Then <laughs> they play Spruce Grove again on Sunday in Spruce Grove at two. So if you're looking you for are the hockey, uh, you're the Ken Holland of Sherwood Park. <laughs> That's what like we call him here. More of Tyler Wright. I'll pull the no. trigger if I need to. okay uh let's do this as we typically do here on oilers nation after dark and we invite you all to do the same in the chat on youtube facebook if you're on twitter i don't know you can quote tweet us with your answers here but we want one betway prediction and where you might throw a couple bucks down on responsibly of course and one score prediction and we're gonna start with the man right there i don't know if it's all the same for us but aaron where are you going here (laughs) Um, okay, well, if I'm going to yeah, get into betting, I'm going to have to brag that tonight I did parlay Oilers Moneyline with the over, which, I mean, you love a good cash like that on Friday night. I did try and do McDavid Hattie tonight because I just thought he was due. And then that one didn't exactly go the way we thought, but that. So it depends what the line is tomorrow, but I'm seeing a 4-3 Oilers overtime victory. So it depends where the line is. If it's six and a half again, go over Oilers money line, parlay them together. Thank me later. (laughs) All right. Liam, what do you got here? Just, I'm just making a bet for tomorrow's game. That's what you're looking for, right? Uh, I'm going to go with Oilers money line win plus McDavid two plus points. You can usually get it like plus 250. And also I think tomorrow's game will be a little bit tighter. But I'm going to go with a power play goal and an empty net goal, too. How about a score prediction? Uh, I'll go 5-3 Oilers, power play, empty net. Cam, you're up. I think tomorrow's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the Oilers are going to win that thing 6-5. to five. It's going to feature the Winnipeg Jets scoring four goals in the first period, and the Oilers coming back to win the game 6-5. <laughs> Oddly specific. I like that. Very specific. I was looking for, you know, I, I, I'm not really a betting guy. So if you can go ahead and bet that the Jets are going to score four goals in the first period immediately after their bus ride to Winnipeg, then go ahead and throw your money on that. 
Do you think they'll have to set off right after the game to get there on time? Yeah, they got to jump on the bus immediately. No stopping for food, nothing. No dinner they tonight. We're just going back to Winnipeg. They shower on the bus one at a time. There's not enough. They're one shout, one player on the bus. I oh, sorry, in the shower on the bus, and that's it. Can't waste any time. Cam, uh, Cam, was that a low key Simpsons reference back to Winnipeg right there? Yeah, that was. I, I enjoyed every bit of that. You need to get shouted out for that. <laughs> uh, Kesslering, 16 minutes play tonight. One hit. That's it. Uh, if anyone's wondering, they lost 6 1. So good on him for not being a minus. And uh, yeah, okay. For me, I'm going to take an Oilers, I don't know, 5-1 win. I think they'll come back with another strong performance. And I went with Leon Dreisel three points last game, Aaron. Did he hit that tonight? Or was I off? He did. Okay, so I hope people listen to me. That would have been good, yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Let's go dry settle three points again. He's going to keep it rolling. He's playing fantastic right now. Uh, tonight, so Connor McDavid with three assists. He's up to 69 assists on the season. That puts him nice. up to 121 points total. Uh, Leon dry what now 38 goals, 55 helpers. That's 93 points. And Nugent Hopkins, 77 points now with uh, his four-point performance. The Oilers improve their record to 34-21-8. and eight. That gives them 76 points on the season. I believe that ties in with the Kraken, who did win tonight, and uh, now two points behind the Kings. And right now, the Golden Knights are in overtime against the Devils. So the Golden Knights will pick up one more point at least. Uh, they'll finish tonight with either 79 or 80 points. So it's going to be... The Oilers aren't getting any help from the Pacific Division, you guys. Uh, it's kind of disappointing. I mean, you know, Seattle, lose a game. Vegas, lose a game. Help them out, right? Yeah. Yeah, you'd think it's supposed to be a weak division, but those teams just keep on winning. Wow. Competitive, competitive. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on Oilers Nation After Dark. Uh, everyone on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Aaron, Liam, Cam, thank you all for your time tonight. Got a shout out uh, Cornerstone again, Betway, and AMA Travel. Find sponsors if you want to uh, get insurance, which you probably should. Cornerstone, if you want to gamble that way, and if you want to travel, AMA travel. It's uh, pretty simple. Check them all out. Uh, I'm Connor Halley. Uh, it's Oilers Nations After Dark. We'll be back tomorrow. Oilers Jets playing at 5 o'clock. So we'll be here probably around 7.30, give or take. Hope to see you then. And again, thank you for tuning in tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow.